Latino Rebels Radio, Latino Rebels Radio, Julio Ricardo Varela here. It is Thursday, February 20th, 2020. And here we are. You're listening to us on Audio Boom, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, LatinoRebels.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're dropping a Thursday podcast because, guys, Saturday is the caucus in Nevada. And I'm also going out there. I'm actually going to Las Vegas. You can check me out Saturday on MSNBC. In the meantime, I connected with our Las Vegas political writer extraordinaire, former deputy editor of Latino Rebels. Uh, now he runs a great site called uh, Enclave, and also he has a podcast called Remember the Show. Hector Luis Alamo, he writes for Latino Rebels. He's written some amazing pieces and I connected with Hector to talk about the caucus and the lead up to the caucus and the debates and other things that he covered. And he's out in Vegas. I'm in Boston. And here's a conversation that we had. Hector. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, um, I feel like a news organization because you've been out in out in, in the Vegas area in Nevada. Right, right. I'm trying to like correct myself. Because my my Spanish always, I, I'm trying to not mispronounce the state, even though it's a flipping Spanish word. I wrote, I wrote something on that. I went to in 2016 because Trump got in trouble for saying Nevada. It's Nevada, not Nevada, and people were like, "Boo, boo, boo!" Here in Nevada, <laughs> and I'm like, "No, it's actually Nevada." <laughs> you know, it is actually Nevada. All right. Well, listen. Um. So you've been. I have so many things to talk to you about, but. You have been filing, I think, the best way I can put it are sort of um, essays. I don't even think they're columns. I think they're like observations. And, you know, you and I have always said, like, political writers, like, you're, you, you know, you're in the, I said it, it's like you can be like the Honduran Hunter S. Thompson, and you are. So, um, I mean, well, the, you know, the way I see it is that, you know, especially like the people, the Latinos, let's say, let's keep it to Latinos, the Latinos that I know personally, family and friends, they don't, they're not going to read straight out political columns and articles. They, they might read a funny, weird story about election, about the uh, surrounding an election. You know, they might read that, but they're not going to read, they don't follow news and they're, and they're educated, right? They're, they have college degrees, but they don't, for whatever reason, follow Latino or they don't follow news articles. So I'm just really writing for them, you know? Yeah, and you, you've done a fantastic job. You know that I'm, thank you, you know, thank I'm you. a big fan. I mean, I think you're one of my favorite writers and I say that to you all the time. So listen, let's talk about the state. I mean, let's just, let's just be upfront so that people know um, you are caucusing you want to say who you're caucusing for? Yeah, I'm caucusing for Bernie. I mean, I, I don't think I've I've been I've been in the Bernie camp since 2016, right? Yeah, right. So so let's just get that out of the way. Right. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a conversation because you've been out, you've written some great pieces. Um I, I thought your Lulac piece was was just spectacular. Um and you're gonna do another one and you've been filing and following the scene. So before we go through, because I want to do is go through the each candidate and also the debate and then, but I want to give me the general sense of this week in the state right now, because there has been early voting. What's the buzz? What are people saying? Well, you know, we had uh, four days of early voting and uh, it's my understanding that that's the first time that that's happened. Uh, we've had early voting in, in a caucus. Um, I'm also hearing that the caucus setup is new with that Nevada used to have primaries 
and now we have a caucus, this caucus. But uh, a, a poll just came out that like something like three and four Nevadans want to go back to the primary uh, system. But anyways, this this four day um, early voting uh, primary uh, caucus thing, uh, where you pick three candidates and then those those candidates are sent to the caucus, which is on Saturday, February twenty uh, second. Uh, what I'm hearing is that everywhere had long lines, hours long. Uh, I, I met one woman at the CNN town hall on Tuesday at the Sahara Hotel and Casino. She said that she went on Saturday. It was so long that she came back on Sunday. Um, there wasn't enough volunteers places. So it, it doesn't look good. It looks kind of Iowa-ish heading into Saturday, you know? <laughs> You just said it was Iowa-ish, but what's the mood? I mean, what are people like? You're, you're. I know you're talking to people. You have, you have family, of friends. You, have, you know, what are people saying in your circles, or what, what is the narrative being shared in the state about the top, the front runners? I know Sanders is definitely up there, but what? Yeah, you know, I mean, what, I think, are, I think the latest poll showed that Sanders had 35 percent polling in Nevada, and then second and third were like at 16 and 15. I think it was Biden and Buttigieg. I mean, there's, you know, there's two camps and it's, it's the same two camps really that were in 2016. You know, uh, do we do we go for a safe candidate that can beat Trump or do we go for somebody who is is uh, promoting or pushing for the same kind of radical change that Trump was pushing for in 2016? But obviously, Bernie represents the diametrically opposed position to that, you know, so there's people, you know, I mean, people, you know, I, I, have, I have a rich friend who's for Bloomberg says, you know, we need an asshole to beat an asshole, um, <laughs> you know, and there's people who are who like Buttigieg, right? Because there's especially in the, in the suburbs around Las Vegas, Buttigieg is very popular in the in the in the, in the suburbs. I filed that uh, one dispatch when I met uh, Buttigieg last spring. Oh, that's right. You did. And it was, you know, yeah, you did all these dispatches as well. Like I, 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 I completely forgot about those. I, I have way right, too much. Yeah. About, but you did one on Bernie. You did one on, on Buttigieg. You did uh, Kamala Harris. She's no longer in the race. Yeah. I mean, I went to that Bernie rally, which, which is what, like last March. And it was huge. You would have thought that their election was happening any day. It was huge. It was in a huge, big field. A bunch of people were there. It was like a concert. Talk to me about Latinos. With with these candidates in general, I mean, what's what's uh, are people excited? I mean, um, you know, as you know, and thank you for and thank you for hooking me up with that group, Make the Road. That that ended up being last night, yesterday. I was with them for much of the afternoon, and I even stayed with them to watch the debate party because they they had a debate watching party at their community space, and they had people, you know, tias and abuela, all kinds of people from the from the community who brought their kids. Oh, say more about this. Yeah, say more about that because, like, I, I want to know, like, what's the mood? What, what did you What did you find out? These guys are badass. Like, they're you know they're they they've come out and endorsed Bernie, and every so everybody who goes there's for for Bernie. They had a debate watching party at their space, you know, chairs set up. They had taquitos, they had caldo de repollo, they had conchas, they had tampico, they had everything, you know. And uh, they were playing this uh, debate uh, bingo, you know, which had, uh, I don't have my thing on me, but it, you know, it had like immigrant, you know, it was bilingual. One side was English, one, the other side was Spanish. And they had stuff like, you know, uh, the wall. Uh, yeah, uh, if things get mentioned, right, and then you would play and during games. the debate, during the break, you know, their their organizer would say, you know, so who, what did you hear mentioned? And so you hear, you see these like 50, 60, 70 year old Latinas and Latinos. It's actually very dominated by Latinas. I should I should point out, um, you know, saying what they've heard and and clapping whenever Bernie would clap back at 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 Buttigieg or or somebody. 
yeah, let me ask you this. It was intergenerational. It was it wasn't just a lot of young people. No, no, it was very, you know, you know, the canvassers are are very young, you know, high schoolers, 18, 19, 22. And um, you know, very young, but then the the people who were there at the debate party were, you know, all older, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh so it was inter intergenerational. Um Latinos, but then, you know, there's some Filipinos in there. There's white people there, you know. So let me ask you, what what was, you know, because that's one of the narratives that you hear, right? That old people don't vote for, older people don't vote for Bernie Sanders. And I'm not trying to, like, make this a Bernie Sanders no, no. camp, but did they? No, that is a, that is a narrative, right? Yeah, so what did they tell you? Did anyone tell you why they, they, they're choosing to vote for him? Well, actually, I got to talk, you know, you, you learn a lot when you just talk to your Uber driver. I was talking to this Uber driver, <laughs> Yolanda. She had to be in her maybe 50s, 60s, Latina, yeah. driving an Uber. And we got to talking about Uber. We got to talking about the election. And she said she liked Bernie, you know, because she's talking about how, how working for Uber sucked, how they take most of her money. They don't give her, they give her, you know, less than half of what she, what she could, because she gets to see what they're, what they charge. And then they gave her like less, she says less than half of what they charge. And she's like, you know, I'm for I'm for Bernie because he's the only one who seems like he's going to make things fairer. You know, um, I talked to when I went canvassing with these two kids, 18 and 19 years old in this neighborhood, right? In, in this really heavily Latino and black neighborhood, like both half and half, uh, very poor, very working class. And I was talking to this, this black guy and uh, he's about maybe 40 in his 40s. And he said that he's he was between Biden and Bernie, but now he's for Bernie. And did he give you a reason at all, or just because he liked him, or just did he give you a reason? I, not, not really. People, people, you know, I, from what I can tell, you know, with these canvassers talking to people, people are really going by their gut, yeah. really going by how they feel about a person and who they think is gonna, who they feel in their gut is really for them. Well, all right. So let's move on to the debate because um, there's a lot about that debate that. Um, and I, and I have some specific questions and I actually want to get to the piece that I linked in my NBC news thing. This is what that was really good, by the way. So, because this is interesting, give me your impressions of the debate last night, just your top line, like your top three takeaways about the debate that you thought, uh, were, were worthy of mentioning. I mean, I, I mean, this has been said a lot in all the headlines, but I mean, you could see that most all the candidates were very afraid of Bloomberg being on the stage. I mean, you could just sense it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because he has all that money, he has all that clout. Um, and I, I thought the what was interesting was the the Bernie Buttigieg battle. I can see that every day, all day, because um, it's really. You know, it's it's interesting that Buttigieg is young, right? He's a millennial. He's an older. I don't think he's really a millennial. In some definitions, he's actually a young uh, Gen Xer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we'll count him as a millennial anyway. But he he acts like an older candidate. He has older policies. That's why older people tend a lot of older people that I meet tend to like Buttigieg. And you know, obviously Bernie is the young. You know, everybody who's young, especially in their twenties, is for Bernie. And so it was very interesting to see them going at it. I mean, people are are, are now talking up uh, uh, Warren's yeah Warren's uh, performance. I didn't think it was that great. And I, you know, from what I can tell, talking to my friends and family, people don't really like her. Um, I, they, I just, did they give you a reason? Is it like again? Or? You know, I mean, we you and I know the policies, we know the history of these people's yeah, records, yeah. but people just see that you know, you know, just to give you an example, you know, I, I was telling my wife, I come home and I'm telling my wife, you know. I, I go to home to rewatch the debate, um, and uh, I love it. I'm in, 
I'm in bed with a bottle of wine, you know, smoking a joint, and we're in bed, and I go, you know, Bloomberg's in the debate for the first time, and she goes, and then Bloomberg's face is on screen. She goes, is that Bloomberg? And I go, yeah. He goes, she goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> just by his face, you know, just by his face. And that's how people are making decisions, you know? People know, who don't follow politics, that's how they're making decisions. Welcome to American politics. So so you, you thought Bernie, uh, Buttigieg, any other takeaways, Bloomberg, um, what, any I mean, other I think from last night? I think you know Biden is exasperated by like why is he's he seems confused and mad and angry like why aren't I still the front runner? I don't get it. You know, Obama's still popular. The Obamas are still popular. Like, um, and I'm connected with him. I, I, you know, when he he had that line of when everybody's talking about healthcare, he's like, hey, I he put me in charge of Obamacare. Do you remember that? Um, but nobody seems to like him. Seems you know? like a, it's a different campaign. That's the thing. Right. I think you you can't take a 2018, mo- 2008 model, or even a 2016 model. Right. He's still running. Now. He's still running like from four, or, or he should have ran before. He, he's kind of past his moment. You know. Yes. Yeah, all right. So before we go through each candidate, you were also at the Lulac event, and we haven't talked about that. It was a town hall that happened uh, last week, right. and there were four candidates there. Um, what was was the because that was a very like Latino centric type forum. What was the mood there with people? Like who were they feeling the vibe for? Was it still Bernie and then Steyer and then Amy and, no, and no, Pete? it wasn't. It wasn't Bernie. I don't think. I think it was more uh, Buttigieg's pop. He's he has consistent popularity. I mean, I've seen him in a bunch of different venues, different places. I've seen him a bunch of times. He always has cons- a consistent strong amount of support in every audience and i would say he had he had a lot of support there in that uh group but who who really impressed me at the lulag town hall was tom steyer you know um he he says you know, everything on that on the racial social justice stuff he's he's dead on correct i think and and everything on the he, he talks about environmental racism you know something that a lot of people candidates don't talk about he talks a lot like bernie except that he's a billionaire and he doesn't believe in democratic socialism but other than for me, from what I saw at that town hall, he seemed in between Bernie, where Bernie is and where uh, Warren is. And I'm like, okay, why isn't this guy popular? Is it because he's an old white billionaire? Is that is it that no, simple? No, but the and- thing is you say that, but, uh, you know, we I, I had an opportunity to talk to his uh, state director earlier this week. Uh, yeah, I saw that. And it was, she was fantastic. And, and she gave this sort of, like, he's hiring local, he's going to the right people. I don't think you know. I'm gonna say the right thing. Thing about Steyer, I I personally think because of the early voting, I don't know if the the last night's debate actually will impact a lot of the caucus. And we're and this is sort of like round one, and people are gonna to go to South Carolina, and that's gonna be round two. Mm-hmm. So so I'm not discounting Tom Steyer. Uh, I don't want to ignore him just because of the people that I talk to on the ground who know the state's politics. But anyway. He's got a strong campaign out here. He's got billboards along thought. the along the freeway. You know, all of I, I'm I'm sure it's more you know exclusive to me because I'm in I'm watching I'm watching YouTube here in Nevada. But my my YouTube videos, you know, it's, every time there's a commercial, it's it's a Tom Steyer ad. And so and also people tend to forget because the San Francisco is not that far away from like Tahoe and Reno. Right, right. And there's a lot of Californians here. There's a lot of Californians in the north up there that you know. Um, they can't, they can't afford to live in San Francisco. So, um, and speaking of, I, I mean, I saw, I saw Adrian's uh, analysis of why, you know, why yeah, Joe that's Biden what I want to get into. So this is what I want to get. I want to get into the two things about, um, uh, the analysis that was published on Latino rebels today by Adrian, uh, Adrian Carasquillo. But before we do that, you haven't brought up 
the, the you know, and I wrote about this in my NBC News Think piece about like you know here was the brown. This was the time to like focus on the quote unquote brown vote, and it wasn't a debate that I thought was quote unquote like Latino leaning, especially like this was this was supposed to be like the defining moment that we're right. going to move away from like white Iowa and white New Hampshire. And Nevada's I Nevada's twenty nine percent Latino. Let's right. just get that out there. <laughs> right, and then I thought to be honest with you the last statement that Biden had to get in about that 2007 vote really felt like I was in like deja vu with sort of the Clinton folks against Bernie. Can you explain, because that's when I said, Oh, I remember Hector wrote this really uh, strong analysis. That's very based in a lot of like why Bernie would vote against that. I personally like learned from you because I kind of felt like, yeah, why didn't he vote for that? So can you just explain why, in your opinion, and and in, in the in the argument that you make about why Bernie actually might have voted on this on the right side of this? So, can you explain that? Well, I mean, it's been a while, but I mean, uh, I I I was just I, when I had heard that he had voted against this immigration bill in two thousand seven, I was just shocked because I'm I'm a Bernie supporter, so I'm like, okay, why why would he do that? Uh, and I looked into it. You know, you just look into it, <laughs> look into things like that, and then uh, it turns out that the bill. You know, it would have given uh, uh, workers a work visa for two years, uh, but really tied them to their employer, right? And it would have been depend their their stay and their whatever privileges they have in the in the country would have been dependent on have them having a job and being at that one job because their employer would have improved their uh, approved their work visa. And then after that, they're kind of they would have been left to the winds. You know, it would have kind of had it would have really solidified this second class citizenship that has you know really been trying to been. You know the, the the federal government's been trying to impose on on especially migrant workers since going back to the 30s, man. You know, like we want you here, we want you for your work. But you're not really a part of this country, um, and you know, there's some people who are, are okay with that. But you know, to 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 treat people like second class citizens and, and have them in this precarious position uh, is no way to live. And Bernie actually saw that. I think I ended the, the piece by saying, you know, for him to to take a stand like that on on a on a bill that on the face of it is progressive and for immigrants. But if you look underneath is not, I mean, that's, that's character. That's real character. Right. And, and, it, and it made me like Bernie even more. And, and this is the part that was weird about what Biden said last night. It was already vetted. Like this was already like done in 2016, right? If this was going to affect Bernie now with, with, especially with young Latinos who were, with him four years ago, people like you and others, like to see Biden do this, it felt a little bit desperate. I mean, but he also, you know, he also called Obama's deportation policy a week before the caucus a big mistake when he was or with Jorge about, Ramos. Or how about Klobuchar on Friday saying, you know, I oh I I I regret you know uh, voting for that bill to make English the official language right before the Nevada right before you know early voting. Is this just another example of like it's Hillary all over again, man? You know, like this is why we, this is why Bernie people didn't like Hillary because she she would say things that we you know if you know her policy and know her record, you, it wasn't true. But Buttigieg has a way of of talking about things where on the face of it it sounds great, but you know it's all it's all this you know smooth uh, concrete or asphalt over you know what the reality is, is that no, that bill, Bernie was right, you know, but he, they, they, they stick to their talking points. And like, like I said, most people don't 
you know, because they're too busy to know the details of it. They don't know. You know, they just hear that Bernie voted against immigration. And that's it. And, 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 and somebody like Biden, somebody like Hillary knows that. So let me but let me ask you to stick on Biden, because I actually thought when he had, when he finally comes on and said this was a big mistake, the deportations and that Jorge, you know, I, I it, like it happened a week before the caucus. I mean, there there have been there's a history of immigrant rights activists in the last year and a half being like, hey, why don't you show a little bit more contriteness here? Like, do you think the timing of that? Did you think people in, in your state, in the state, like saw through that? I'm like, or is it or do you think it earned him like more support with people who are like, oh, yeah, no. From what I, I've been talking to everybody and I, I shut up everybody. I'm a talker. I and, That's why I'm asking you. And I. I don't, I haven't met anybody who's following Biden. <laughs> I don't, you know, they know, you know, the guy who said he was for Biden before he was before, before Bernie, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm with, Bi- I was with Biden because he was attached to Obama. He said that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but does he know what Biden's saying? Does, does anybody know what Biden's saying? Nobody's following that. Nobody's really following what Bernie's saying. They just know that he's for helping the working class. It's just that basic and simple. Right. And, um, so, we we've kind of covered everyone, um, but I just want to give you some final thoughts here in terms of Saturday. Now, are you? Here's a couple of things. I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be on MSNBC in the morning and then at night. Oh, really? So I actually want to go to a caucus site. So I don't know if I can go to your caucus site or something, but I want to go check it out if I can, because yeah, I'll let you know where I'm at. Yeah, but can you um, explain at least your area? Like you're in the Vegas area for people that don't understand the electorate there. Uh, before we kind of talk about the candidates, can you explain like what the makeup of, of where you, where you're living right now is like? Well, I mean, I where I live, I you know, I my my wife is the is the like I said, she's the she's the capitalist pig. She makes a lot of money, <laughs> and we, I mean, I just found this out writing about my area code. It's the, it has the seventh highest per capita income in the United States. But yeah, people around here, you know, I I'm if I was going to caucus in that neighborhood where I was canvassing yesterday with Make the Road. I, fu- I would fully expect there to be a bunch of Bernie people. Now I'm expecting here to there to be a lot of uh, Buttigieg people for sure yeah. and a lot of Bloomberg people. Okay. And Bloomberg's not even running, but are people going to write him in? Oh, right, 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 right. You're right. Um, I mean, people, people, I mean, I tell people that he's not even contested. He's not even contested uh, those things. And th- like the, the, the rich guy I told you about, I mean, he still likes Bloomberg. I mean, knowing that he's not even contesting your state, you know? Um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who are going to the can uh, caucus fully expecting to be able to vote for Bloomberg and they're going to be sadly mistaken. So when you caucus, how long is it going to take you? They're telling us to get there at 10 o'clock and that it's going to start at 12 and that uh, the literature that I got, is, you know, it could take 12, it could take 30 minutes. It could take all day. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, I didn't know I've come from Illinois, you know, a primary state, uh, you know, you go there, it's in a gym usually or something like that. And you get into just really just get into groups. I'm, I'm in the Bernie group. And then the top three uh, viable candidates move on. And then anybody who's not viable, those supporters, you have to debate them and say why they should vote for you. It's Iowa-ish. Right. It's basically Iowa-ish. It's going to be so messy, But you're near the strip. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to go to a site. I might have to go to yours. I don't know yet. I have to decide. But um, before I let you go, uh, Klobuchar, any chance to out there? No, I mean, no, not really. I don't think Biden has a chance. I don't think Clover. I think Bernie's going to win. I think it's pretty obvious. Like I, I asked somebody yesterday. I'm like, I was, I was talking to that group of the group at uh, Make Make the Road, talking to a bunch of kids and the organizer. And I go, it looks like Bernie's going to r- win, right? And somebody goes, Psh, looks like, you know. I mean, it's just 
it's a, almost a foregone conclusion, but it depends on what side of Las Vegas you're on. So it would, so it would be right. So it would be if Bernie didn't win, it would be a political shock. Like it would, if that would yes. be the headline, if he didn't win the Nevada, like the Nevada caucus, like that would be like, I mean, you kind of have to look at it, but so, but you're thinking definitely Bernie, then who comes in second? Uh, Buttigieg. Buttigieg, and then I'll, I'll call that. Okay, I'll call that. You call that Buttigieg because because you you hang out with all the capitalists. Unless you hang out unless, with all the capitalists, so that's all they're talking well, about. <laughs> well, no, there's this big, there's this, there's this very rich, well-to-do area called Summerlin, and it's very rich, very, and he's very popular out there. But unless the culinary unions and the union workers are there's enough of them still for um for Biden because he's connected to that but what i heard about that whole medicare care for all thing is that the somebody you know somebody was just on democracy now and she's part of the culinary union uh, local 226 and she said that the the leaders of the union are against medicare for all because they've they fought for their health care plan but that the rank and file members are for medicare for all right. so that's so that's that, very interesting that's what i've heard and i think uh i i personally and and what i've been saying is like everyone talks about the endorsement the lack of an endorsement this time around hurt Joe Biden more than anybody else. Right. I don't I don't think it I people tend to forget that there wasn't an endorsement in 2016 and the last time they endorsed was Obama, which I get, but it didn't really He lost and he lost so the yeah. the idea the idea behind that is that he they endorsed him in 2008, he lost Nevada right. and it made the union look weak so they didn't want him to look weak again. Right. And I so I I think there's a I think you're right. I think this whole notion of the color the union um, is a little bit overstated, but we'll see. So, so let's just break it down before we go. Um, so you got Sanders, Buttigieg, who comes in third? I'll give it. I'll I'll give it to Biden. It's it's wow. a toss between Biden and, Warren? and Klobuchar. Yeah, no, I don't think. I mean, wow. what about? I haven't Steyer? met anybody who's for Warren. Right. I haven't met anybody's from Warren. I haven't met anybody's for Steyer. When I when I bring up Steyer, because he impressed me that day at the Lulac Town Hall, nobody seems to care or know who he's. I'm talking about. All right, so we're all right, so we're so let's go. So we're saying you're saying Sanders, Buttigieg, Klobuchar, Biden third, and then Warren, then Steyer, and whatever, yeah. and it's done. Okay. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Um, you know what I think we're going to do. I, I'm going to have to find you on Saturday because I have a lot of time, and I don't know if they need me during the day. I just have to be back for the the primetime show. Um, I need to check it out. So I, I might hang out with you a little bit. Yeah, I'll and, let you know where and, I'm at, and or meet, and if meet I get your out early. lovely, meet your incredibly better half. Yeah, like, there you go. Makes you, <laughs> makes you like you know. She gives completes you the me. She yeah, completes. gives you the gives you the opportunity to write all these amazing pieces. Yeah, for yeah, us yeah. And you can live the writer. My patrona, uh, <laughs> Hector Luis Alamo. Before I let you go, uh, we're gonna circle back a little bit. I think I want to check in with you post post Nevada. Um, how do people find you and talk to me? Like, where can people find you on, on Twitter? Tell them about what you do and all the other good stuff. I'm on, I'm on uh, Hector Luis Alamo on Twitter, Hector Luis Alamo on Instagram, Hector Luis Alamo on Facebook. Uh, that's enclave, pretty much it. You got Enclave and you got, remember, EnclaveMag.com. But I love to say, I call it Enclave yeah. and you say Enclave. And it, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a double yeah, entendre. And, and yeah. also remember the show. <laughs> right. And remember the show. And speaking of, I have somebody that should be on Latino Rebels. Uh, I'll hook you up with oh, him later. Look at you. So listen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate. I can't wait for you because you are going to file a couple more. You, I think you're filing another one for us, right? I, I, I'm, I'm submitting one tonight. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited! Yep. I'm going to get yep, to yep, read yep. it tomorrow. Edit it on the way to Vegas. On <laughs> good a plane. luck with that. How good is that? <laughs> 
Um, I, but listen, Hector, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the work. Thank you. I'm telling you guys, you need to read what Hector Luis Alamo has written for Latino Rebels, not only in the last year, but when he was deputy editor for the site. And I'm going to tell you something, Hector. I love the fact that I was able to pull what you wrote in 2016 to kind of fact check what Biden said. That was cool, wasn't and, it? And you've created a political history, and this is what it is. This is what it's all yeah, about. That's pretty so thank cool. you so much. Really Thank you. I mean, you. I mean, everybody got if nobody's reading Latino Rebels, you, you guys are messing up because you guys are really covering this campaign. And you know, that's what I'm like. I mean, they're finally. You, you really are. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on with Ali. I'm going to be on. I see headlines and I see I see news reports that don't get reported in the mainstream media. And I'm like, why isn't this is news? You know, what's interesting? One before I let you go, like that NBC News thing, I got several comments from uh, journalist colleagues of mine who said, Wow, I haven't heard this perspective, this post-debate perspective. This is why we need voices like yours, and you as well, Hector, and Latino Rebels. That's what we do, and you know. Well, you're an inspiration. You, you know too, that. my friend. You too. I'll see you. Thank I'll you, see you this you. weekend in Vegas. We're gonna we're gonna hang a little bit. I'm, that's, that's safe flight, man. Right. Safe flight. Cuídate. Abrazo. I want to thank Hector, as always, for being on. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. In this crazy business called journalism and digital journalism and digital media. There's a couple of special people that you meet in in your life, in your career. And here's a true story. I met Hector because he was a fan of Latino Rebels. He started making these amazing comments. And I invited him to to pitch me stories. And he started, like, I think in 2014. And he wrote some great pieces, great opinion pieces, at, you know, for his POV. Because that's something that I believe in. It's like if you're smart, if you can back up your arguments, and if you do it right and and present arguments that you know get people to think or you might piss some people off but they're provocative whatever um he did and he's been delivering and like i always said when i was in a transition time with latino rebels hector helped me out a lot and i'll i'll always appreciate that so he's always going to have a home at latino rebels as long as he wants uh he's a fantastic writer and i'm really happy that he was able to commentate on the politics of Nevada. So anyway, guys, if you like what you heard, like I said, I'm scheduled to be on MSNBC on Saturday. We're also going to drop the much anticipated New Hampshire Latino conversation that I've been editing. It's going to drop on Sunday. I'm going to make it happen. And we'll probably have more podcasts coming next week. And we're going to keep out this. And like we always do, we always close out with La Plebe en Venas Abiertas. Julio Ricardo Varela, Latino Rebels Radio. We out of here.